Welcome to our newest Hearts Unite the Globe hug patrons. Annie Olchek, we sincerely appreciate your support. Thank you for joining our community and making a difference through Patreon. Judy Miller, thank you for being our first Buzzsprout supporter for Bereave But Still Me. Buzzsprout started a new program where you can actually support the podcast of your choice. There are so many ways you can support Hug. All you have to do is visit our website, heartsunitetheglobe.com, to see how you too can help empower, educate, and enrich the lives of individuals in the CHD and bereaved communities. Thank you all for your continued support. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, featuring your host, Anna Jaworski. Our program is designed to empower the CHD or congenital heart defect community. Our program may also help families who have children who are chronically ill by bringing information and encouragement to you in order to become an advocate for your community. Now, here is Anna Jaworski. Welcome to the 10th season of Heart to Heart with Anna. Our theme this season is Education for Heart Warriors, and we have an outstanding show for you today. Today's show is entitled Physical Education for Heart Warriors, and our guest is Jennifer Weiner. Jennifer was born in 1982 with truncus arteriosus, repaired for the first time in 1983. Then doctors expected she would need a follow-up procedure, but very little else was known about the future. Jennifer's cardiologist warned that she wouldn't be running marathons, but she was otherwise physically unrestricted. Jennifer entered school on time, played Little League baseball, basketball, softball, volleyball, and danced. Her older brother and two male cousins contributed to her love of sports and tomboy personality. High school sports, however, were more competitive, so Jennifer continued playing softball through this park district. She had her second open-heart surgery during senior year and was held out of gym class and sports for the year. After high school, Jennifer moved in at DePaul University, ultimately graduating with a degree in elementary education. She later returned to school to complete her master's in English and creative writing. Welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna, Jennifer. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, I just love it that we have so much in common because, as you know, I'm a writer, and as you know, I was a teacher, and I was so happy to see that you had been a teacher and had studied education, and also what some people may not know is that you've been behind the scenes helping me write scripts for Season 9 of Heart to Heart with Anna. I have, yeah. (laughs) It's been a lot of fun. Well, so here you are, and now you're actually a guest, and I get to know you even better, so I'm really excited about this. You said in your bio that you were a tomboy, and I cannot believe all the sports that you were involved with. You also said you had an older brother and two male cousins. Do you think that you were so physical because you were just trying to keep up with them? I think they definitely had a lot to do with it. Growing up, I wanted to do whatever they did. I wanted to follow them wherever they went. So they definitely rubbed off on me. I remember when we were kids, we all used to go to another relative's house for summer holidays. He lived up in Mundelein by the lake. It was right off of the water, and they used to have these buoy rafts out in the water. And I was too little to swim out to them, and my cousins and my brother would all go out, and I'd sneak behind them and follow them out there, and as soon as they'd catch me, they'd throw me off the raft, and I'd have to swim back. <laughs> and then I, I remembered this um, 
man, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to be everywhere they were. There's this picture that we have of the three of them. My brother's in the middle and my two cousins are on the ends. And then in the very edge of the picture, you can just see this tiny arm with this frilly short sleeve on the shoulder. And that's my arm trying to be in their picture. They didn't even want me in their picture. <laughs> oh my gosh, you have to find that picture so we can put it in the slideshow. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. I was their shadow, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And they started, you know, then they started to include me when I got older. My cousin, you know, right on their their lawn in front of the house, he would teach me how to play tackle football and, you know, how to pitch and everything. Like, like I did everything, you know, they, they did. I wanted you to do it. You did tackle football? Did your mother just have a heart attack? Well, no, she wasn't watching. I didn't do it like, <laughs> this was like one time in front of the house. He like gave me the helmet and pads and here's an eight-year-old me pretending to however you, you know, get in line for football. It was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, man. <laughs> it's good your mom yeah. wasn't watching. It's very good your I know. mom wasn't watching. They wow. were like the trouble, no, they were not troublemakers, but they were wild city boys and I wanted to do everything they did. Sure. Sure. Well, in addition to traditional sports that you did with your cousins and your brother, there was dance that was stuck in there. So tell me what kind of dance you did as well. Yeah, I think I danced until I was in maybe second grade. My mom put me in tap, which I love because it was noisy. And (laughs) the shoes were the funnest thing. I would wear them in the basement and just, you know, go crazy. Um. (laughs) Was your brother also in tap class with you? Oh, God, no, no. My brother was always into hockey, which I couldn't skate very well. I was afraid of losing my balance, so I didn't do any ice sports. But I tapped, and then I did ballet and jazz. But I got out of that when I got older. Until high school, I was in a couple of musicals in high school, and I danced in those, but nothing crazy. When I was an adult, we took some hip-hop classes for fun. Like, my friends would do it for exercise. Uh Uh-huh. And it was hard after a while for me to keep up with them. So I just, mm. I would take my brain in the back of the class and be like, you guys go ahead. I'll, I'll come back in when I, you know, catch my breath. <laughs> I can just imagine. <laughs> yeah, we've done some line dancing at like some of the country theme bars in the area. They do it, you know, once yeah. a month or something. So we'd go. It's, it's fun. It is fun. It is fun. So tell me what your all-time favorite sport was when you were young and why. I think I'd have to say that baseball was my favorite sport growing up. Our family, at least back in the day, we were more of a baseball family than anything. Lately, it's been hockey because the Hawks are so good. And Mm. although the Cubs did just win the World Series, Mm -hmm. we were just a big baseball family growing up. My grandparents were big fans. My grandfather was a Cub fan and my grandmother was a Sox fan. So we'd always have fun little rivalries going back and forth (laughs) between us uh, whenever they'd play each other. My grandfather used to watch the Cubs games on TV, but he'd turn it on mute and then listen to it on the radio because he hated the TV announcers. So we'd we'd (laughs) often watch games. (laughs) We'd often watch games like that at their house. Wow. And my my, uh, uncle played ball for a long time throughout college. So he taught us all how to play when we were kids. And it was always a big part of our family time, I guess, going to games and things like that. Awesome. Well, my son's cardiologist Mm -hmm. told me that when Alex was young, and you know, my son Alex was born with a heart defect, that he would be self-limiting. Do you think that you were self-limiting when you were young? And what advice do you have for parents of heart warriors who want to play sports like you did? 
Yeah, I think that I was always self-limiting as a child. For as long as I can remember, I've always had trouble with running. Maybe a good word would be endurance. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I could run for a little bit, but, you know, playing basketball in the beginning, I would be up and down the court once or twice before the coach would have to take me out of the game for a while because I just couldn't keep up with the other players. Mm -hmm. But after a while, I kind of knew I'd know myself when I need to take a break. I'd either slow down when playing the game or, you know, in uh, grade school, they have those president's tests to, like, make sure that you're... So the mile run was always my dreaded event of the year because yeah. I just, I couldn't do it. I would always walk it and the teachers knew, they always knew why I had to slow down. My uncle was actually our gym coach when I was in junior high. And so he knew, he knew obviously my issues with it, but he would, wouldn't let me off easy. He'd give me a hard time about being <laughs> slow sometimes. <laughs> I would say, I guess, to either the patients or the parents of the patients that, you know, may let the kids try what they like. And it's their chance to kind of see what they're interested in, what they're good at. And I'd hate for kids to miss out on the opportunity just because they thought they shouldn't be doing something, Mm -hmm. you know, unless there's some sort of actual risk. I'm sure a lot of parents think it's all a risk, you know, because they're so worried about it. But I think unless there's some actual medical pro prohibition, Um, you're fine prohibition you know (laughs) prohibition yeah (laughs) couldn't get the word out then I think to you know give them a chance and if they feel like they start to learn their own body and they know what they can handle and what they can't and they know when they need to kind of slow down I think it's hard because you know especially while you're still in school you don't want to be that kid that misses out on something or Mm -hmm. stands out from the rest of the group but And I know that I would worry about saying to the teachers sometimes, I can't do this or I need to take a rest because you don't want to cause trouble or, you know, um, rock the boat or whatever. But you learn how you're feeling is it's not something to take a chance with. And if you need to stop, you need to stop. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't let that dissuade anyone from trying something they really want to give a chance. That is perfect advice. And I can't believe it, but we need to take a quick commercial break already. But don't leave yet, because coming up next, we're going to talk to Jennifer about sports in school when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. The most common themes that I hear is why. She always needed um, a lot of attention. She had strokes. Even though it's a natural inclination to withdraw from the CHD community, I think being a part of it to help me be part of the solution. Heart to Heart with Michael. Please join us every Thursday at noon Eastern. I'm Michael Lieben, and I'll be your host as we talk with people from around the world who have experienced those most difficult moments. You are listening to Heart to Heart with Anna. If you have a question or comment that you would like addressed on our show, please send an email to Anna Jaworski at Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. That's Anna at hearttoheartwithanna.com. Now, back to Heart to Heart with Anna. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today, our topic is physical education for heart warriors, and today's guest is Jennifer Weiner. We just finished talking with Jennifer about what it was like for her growing up with a brother and two male cousins. I loved hearing about how she enjoyed playing sports and so many different ones, and how she even danced. I just think that's so fabulous. So what was your physical activity like in elementary school, Jennifer? Did you have any restrictions? You were just talking to us. It almost sounds like you had no restrictions. 
No, in elementary school, I didn't have any restrictions at all. I knew from the beginning that I would have some trouble with the running, mm-hmm. that I might not be able to keep up. And that was definitely the case as I went through school. But the doctors didn't actually put any restrictions on me. So you mentioned earlier the sports that I played, volleyball and basketball and softball. In Girl Scouts, we did hiking and horseback riding. So I did all those things with my classmates I wouldn't say that I was ever, you know, the best athlete or the fastest kid on any team, but I did stay pretty active. I just love that. I love that. And I know that the parents who are listening right now who are pregnant with a baby that's going to have a heart defect or have small children and are wondering, oh, no, will my kid never be able to play on the teams? They're going to be so encouraged by hearing your story because I could see where maybe 30 years ago, doctors and parents would have put more restrictions on you. So for you back then to have led pretty much a restriction-free life when it came to physical education, I just think that's fabulous. Yeah. And you haven't suffered any repercussions from that, right? No, not as of yet. No. And I think my parents were big help. They always encouraged me to play whatever I wanted to play and to get out there and just have fun. Absolutely. I love that. I have to meet your parents someday. They just sound like fabulous people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they are. How did that change as far as your physical activity level when you got older and started high school? Were you able to still keep up with your teammates? You know, I think as I got older, it got a little bit harder for me to keep up with my classmates and with my teammates. Freshman year of high school, I did try out for our softball team at the school. And there was a part of the tryouts where they want you to run up the stairs and around the west wing of our building and then back down into the gym. And I told the coach outright, I'm not going to be able to do that. I can't, you know. <laughs> Yeah. A stairs. Yeah. Stairs are my downfall. And then running is my next downfall. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And was this, yeah. was this coach your uncle still? No, no, this was high school. This was the softball coach at Fenwick High School. Uh, and she said to me, okay, you know, you don't have to do this running part. Putting those two things together might just, you know, knock me out. So the time came for them to announce the people who made the team. And she said to me, sorry, I just think this is too competitive for you to keep playing on the team. So I didn't make the high school team. And I kind of decided that I wasn't going to try out again because I figured it was because my health that I wouldn't be able to keep up. So I just kept playing on the park district with the town I live in. It's a small town, so it wasn't competitive like some of the other leagues you hear about. It was everyone makes a team, everybody plays. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I usually pitched or I played shortstop and it was a lot of fun playing, you know, other kids my age and a little bit more of a relaxed kind of recreational setting. What I love about that is that you chose positions or maybe your coach chose positions that was not like the outfielder where you might have to run and run and run. I mean, how smart is that? Yeah. Yeah. And really also smart not to have you as a catcher because all of that crouching probably wouldn't have been very good or easy for you either. So they picked the two positions that were perfect for you that didn't have too much running and yet you still were a vital part of the team. Yeah, I think that's part of what I loved about softball, too. Sure, there's running involved. You have to run from base to base, but it's not continuous running like basketball is, for instance. Or soccer. Yeah, or soccer. I would never have lasted in soccer. That would have been a joke. (laughs) (laughs) For me, too. And I have a good heart. (laughs) (laughs) But I live in Texas, and it's so hot here, and I don't do well in the heat, especially running in the heat. That's just not... Yeah. Doesn't work for me. <laughs> it just doesn't work at all. Yeah. 
Yeah, luckily I'm just old enough that soccer wasn't a big thing when I was young. So Okay, so you dodged yeah. that bullet. <laughs> You're right, right. Well, senior year, you had your second open heart surgery. So how was your activity level impacted with that surgery? I think by that point, I had gotten pretty slow and tired, I guess. I guess that sounds right. My mom had mentioned, yeah, you're napping a lot and, you know, a little bit slower than normal. So my activity had definitely gone down. I did still participate in summer sports in the park district, but by the time I had my surgery, I wasn't allowed to play, even involved in gym class during the school year. They put me in the office to work with the administrators in the office to help them out during my gym class. And then I wasn't allowed to play any sports the rest of that year. And then that was the first time I got restrictions from my cardiologist, although his restriction was no weightlifting, which I wasn't looking to do anyways. (laughs) Right. Exactly. That wasn't a big loss. Right. Don't you love him when your restrictions are things you weren't going to do anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the softball was an issue. He didn't want me to play until at least the next summer mm-hmm. because he was worried about contact, you know, sure. the ball hitting me in the chest or something like that. Or somebody running um, into you. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I did get to use the elevator at school, which was awesome because I made a bunch <laughs> of friends that way. They all wanted to ride the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> benefits that nobody tell you right. about. <laughs> right, right. The little perks. There are, it's not all bad. <laughs> right. Well, no, see, when you have someone like you who knows how to make lemonade from lemons, that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, well, I love that. I love it. So I noticed that when Alex had his open heart surgery, he also had, for him, it was his third open heart surgery when he was a senior. And it really took him a full year to come back from that as far as his physical activity level being back where it needed to be. Did it take you a long time to get back to where you had been? You know, I think I'd say a year is probably a good estimate. In this summer, I also worked by the time I was a senior in high school. I worked for our park district doing, you know, all those outdoor maintenance things, riding John Deere lawnmowers, cutting grass, and shoveling wood chips into the park. And so I was pretty active the summer, yeah, the summer after my surgery. So it did, but it did take me that, you know, that full school year, I laid pretty low. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't believe it. Time is just flying. It's time for another quick break, but don't leave yet, listeners, because coming up next, Jennifer will tell us about what her physical activity level is like now that she's an adult in her 30s when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna. Home Tonight Forever by the Baby Blue Sound Collective. I think what I love so much about this CD is that some of the songs were inspired by the patients. Many listeners will understand many of the different songs and what they've been inspired by. Our new album will be available on iTunes, Amazon.com, Spotify. I love the fact that the proceeds from this CD are actually going to help those with congenital heart defects. Enjoy the music. Home Tonight Forever. When I saw so many of these CHG groups growing, I found family just ready to join me. Anyone who is a member of the adult congenital heart defect community can be a guest on our show. 
We have a great year planned, and we look forward to sharing other interesting topics. Heart to Heart with Nicole and David, serving the ACHD community, Wednesdays at noon Eastern. Welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. Today our topic is physical education for heart warriors, and today's guest is Jennifer Weiner. We just finished talking with Jennifer about what it was like for her in school regarding physical education. We only have a few minutes left, but I'd like to ask a few more questions. Tell us about how your activities changed after you had your last open heart surgery and then went off to college, Jennifer. Personally, I think it's natural that as you get older, you kind of get a little less active than you were when you were a teenager. Mm -hmm. Once I went away to college, I didn't really have too much physical activity. I wasn't involved in a lot of sports. Maybe after college, you know, I did some co-ed softball leagues with some friends. I played beach volleyball one summer. And now I'm trying to get back into shape, going to the gym and doing things on the treadmill or circuit training, stuff that's nothing too intense because I know I just can't keep up. Sometimes I think I'm not pushing myself hard enough. Other times I think, why fight it? Just try to do the stuff that's a little bit more reasonable, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, and I think especially for a woman and as we age, we get fat in places. We don't want it. (laughs) (laughs) And so even if you were skinny as a kid, all of a sudden you're not as skinny once you hit your 30s and wait until you get in your 40s and 50s, honey. It just gets worse. (laughs) I know. I know. It's really hard. hard. One of my goals, which Uh I don't know if I'll ever get to or not, is I want to be able to actually run a 5K. I know I've said that running is kind of impossible for me, but once I got my pacemaker, I thought I'd make that, you know, I thought maybe it's the pacemaker that'll make it easier. You can but do it's a 5K really, it's like I really did. No, you could do it. Look, I don't have a heart defect, but like I told you, it's awfully hot in Texas. And so running and me, it's not happening. However, I had some friends right. who invited me to take part in a 5K and I was like, I don't know if I can do that because I sit at my desk and I write. Yeah. But I do take my dogs for a walk and I thought, okay, if I'm going to do this 5K, I need to start exercising more than just a walk around the neighborhood. And so I started Mm -hmm. working it up. 5K is about two and a half miles, if I'm not mistaken. We took our car and we mapped out in our neighborhood how much is a mile. And I knew if I did that two and a half times, ta-da, I've got it. <laughs> and and so Missy, my little schnauzer, she was all game for this. Yeah. And so I started taking her on longer and longer walks and I walked the 5K. I knew there was no way that I could run it, but I walked it. And you know what? It felt really good. And there were a lot of people who were heart healthy, just like me. And like I said, it's hot down here and it's so humid. We were doing it in the hill country in Austin and walking was just fine with all of us. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've walked a bunch of them before and I always thought, man, I want to be one of those people that's like, even if I'm going slow. Mm-hmm. I would just like to be like, yeah, I, I did it. I ran it and it was hard, and but I did it. So I got the Couch to 5K app on my phone where every week it has you do a little bit more and a little bit awesome. more. I'm still on week one, <laughs> but That's I okay. figure I'll get there eventually. <laughs> you can actually endure more. You can go further when you're doing this little bit of walking, a little bit of running instead of trying to run full out. Just just yeah. Some motherly advice for you. Okay. <laughs> and now I want to report back when you actually do okay. it and a picture. <laughs> I will. <laughs> 
Okay, well, when Alex was considering college, Jennifer, one of the things that he took into consideration was whether or not the college had a physical education requirement. Is that something that you thought about when you were applying to college? I don't think I thought so much about the phys ed requirement. To be honest, I don't know if I even checked when I was applying to school. I think to me, the bigger concern was how many stairs I'd have to do to get up to my dorm room. So that was a concern. And I ended up going to DePaul and it's a city school and it's spread out over several city blocks, all the buildings that you have classes in. So if I didn't leave with plenty of time to get there, jogging to the last few blocks to get to class was hard. So that was a concern. I did taking education courses in college have to take, it was how to teach phys ed. So I did have to take one. I don't remember it being too difficult. I wasn't interested in teaching phys ed, so I guess it didn't really make too many impressions on my mind (laughs) what what the class was like. Yeah. But that didn't really have too much weight when I made my choice. I think, too, a lot of the schools, because we had phys ed in high school, they waived it for you in college. They didn't require you to take it. So That's interesting. Yeah. When Alex was looking, he wanted to be an engineer when he first was starting his matriculation. And so we went to MIT, and I don't know if you've ever been over there, but we quickly nixed that from our list because (laughs) talk about a lot of walking. Oh, my gosh. And the same thing, he also looked at rice here in Texas, and there was no way. There was no way. We actually told him that if he really wanted to go to rice, we would get him a Segway. But he didn't want to be singled out like that. And then we were afraid, how do you secure a Segway? That's going to get stolen (laughs) too easily. It's not like you can't exactly carry that into class. Right, you can't fold it up and put it in your backpack as you're going to school or whatever. (laughs) So he ended up going to school in New York City where all of the buildings go up instead of out. (laughs) He could use the elevators. with elevators. Right, and there were. There were elevators, so that made it a lot easier. And, And I think that was a good choice for him, but it actually was something that we really had to think about. So what advice do you have for parents regarding helping their children to take on physical challenges without letting their heart defect cause them undue fear? You seem fearless with the way that you've attacked life, and I love that. I don't know. I think recently I've discovered a fear of mine with the running and any kind of exercise really getting my heart rate up. Over the summer, I got an ICD and my device is set to just start recording at 177 beats. So anytime I get anywhere near that now, I get a little bit freaked out. Mm -hmm. So my doctor recommended that I started seeing someone in the cardiac behavioral medicine department, Mm -hmm. which I guess is a new field. It is. At least it Northwestern in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And what they do is, I can't remember now that what the type of therapy it's called, but basically they train you to be in a sort of safe high heart rate state mm-hmm. and get used to what it feels like mm-hmm. and understand that you're still safe and that nothing's going to happen. So you get comfortable and you don't automatically start to panic when you get in the upper range. So that's something I'm still working on myself. But I think that's definitely for kids who are afraid to try new things, even for their parents, maybe going together. That's something I would recommend. And also, I don't know, like, you know, like I did when I was a kid, just trying stuff that I liked. I think it's good to give it a shot and learn how to read your own body, basically, and know Mm -hmm. what you're comfortable doing. Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah. 
So with this cardiac behavioral medicine, this is something that's new and I'm really excited about it. In season nine of my program, I actually had a psychologist come on and talk about that. She actually started her program in Oregon at the hospital where she works. And so I think it is up and coming. In fact, she called it one of the new frontiers (laughs) for for congenital heart disease. And so I think it's good that they're starting to pay attention to the fact that now that so many of you are living longer, it's not about survival. For a long time, it was all about, can we help these kids to survive? Well, the answer is yes. They were able to conquer that beast. So now the question is, how do we help these wonderful survivors have a great quality of life? And being able to conquer fear is one of the ways that you improve your quality of life. So I'm really glad to see that more and more of these cardiovascular centers are having a behavioral component because this is something that we know from the research. A lot of our adult survivors and even our teenage survivors are dealing with. They're having more anxiety, more depression. PTSD is not uncommon. And so the way to handle that is to get them into a setting early where they can learn how to combat that. So I think that's perfect advice. Did you hear that show with Adrian Kovacs? I didn't know. I plan to listen to it though. Yes, you need to. She was so outstanding. Yeah, Yeah, you do need to listen to that. I thought maybe you were doing research behind my back and that's how you knew to give such an excellent answer. (laughs) (laughs) So you're just naturally brilliant. You didn't even have to do the research. (laughs) That's what I like to say. (laughs) There you go. Well, can you believe it, Jennifer? Our time is already up. Wow, that went fast. It did. It went super fast. So that concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today, everybody. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time. And until then, please check out our brand new website. It's www.hughpodcastnetwork.com. And remember, my friends, you are not alone. Heart to Heart with Anna is a presentation of Hearts Unite the Globe and is part of the Hug Podcast Network. Hearts Unite the Globe is a nonprofit organization devoted to providing resources to the congenital heart defect community to uplift, empower, and enrich the lives of our community members. If you would like access to free resources pertaining to the CHD community, please visit our website at www.congenitalheartdefects.com for information about CHD, the hospitals that treat children with CHD, summer camps for CHD survivors, and much, much more. Thank you again for joining us this week. We hope you have been inspired and empowered to become an advocate for the congenital heart defect community. Heart to Heart with Anna, with your host Anna Jaworski, can be heard every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time.